Yeah, man. That was <laughs> hot shit right there, man. So who's gonna do We want you to be an activist. And don't take our word for it. Look that shit up. Pulley. Networks are not even getting clicks like that. So this show is like, there's an opportunity for this, what we're doing here on this show. Black activists on the streets said, we're not a monolithic people. You know, we, just because he did it, we don't have to do it. He's wrong. All of you should play as a team. Even if you don't like something that the group is going to do, you should play along with the team and so that you got team power. Wealth and power follows the numbers. You haven't got a lot of blacks with you. You're not, not pooling your money, pooling your votes, pooling your attention, pooling your interest, pooling your labor. Then other people will pick you clean and share. It's not the money. It's a culture that we are, we're, we're raised to buy and only from our own people. We want to work for our own people. Chinese say we're never hiring the black folk. You're never going to go to a Chinese restaurant or Chinese anything and find black folk working there. We only hire our own people. We only buy for our own people. We only support our own people. You black folk will buy from any and everybody because you don't have a code of conduct. It doesn't mean anything to you. That's why you all can't get ahead because you don't play as a team. You all play as individuals and you listen to these black activists on the streets saying we're not a monolithic people. You know, we, just because he did it, we don't have to do it. He's wrong. All of you should play as a team. Even if you don't like something that the group is going to do, you should play along with the team and, and so that you got team power. Wealth and power follows the numbers. You haven't got a lot of blacks with you. You're not, not pooling your money, pooling your votes, pooling your attention, pooling your interest, pooling your labor. Then other people will pick you clean and share. It's not. What do you think about that? Yeah, well, I mean, he has some. He has a good point. You know, I mean, you know, I don't. I don't know. Um, I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and act like I. I. I, I can uh, really debate that. Because um, I mean, I enjoy. I enjoy Chinese food. I enjoy. You know, like you know how I am about pho. But is it because I don't want to build up? You know, Black America, or, or you know help the black you know like i don't hate people that way to where but i do love myself enough to say that okay if this is what we got to do you know but we we need more we need a lot of people that's gonna do it you know what i'm saying and that's where i guess the problem is a lot of us that do want to see a change it's like okay i'm gonna follow suit and do all this and that but we already know that 70 if we can get 30 percent you know maybe that would be a good start but 70 percent are gonna still be like look i want my jays i want you know i mean you know, i want this i want that whatever i'm a i don't know we, we do we even have a big enough infrastructure of our own things nope well we can build one to, to just do this we could, no, we of could, course we, we could can. create and one, that's what and I it, think it probably that. could happen overnight, bro. Like, you know, if we work together, I think that's what he was trying to say. You know, it's so hard to get niggas to work together, but I think it's natural. I mean, I'm, I look, I've tried, I've tried it, I've tried it a lot of times when they saying like, you know, that's all, you know, this is the route we're gonna do, go in, but then it's like, 
is I know a week goes it's by, so hard. two weeks go by, and everybody around you, everybody around you is like they no longer message. y'all are they're willing to argue with you about you know how foolish it is for you to say something like that. Um it's so annoying, but look. What I think is this was programmed into black people here in the States, you know, that diaspora and niggas always want to argue to diaspora. It doesn't matter, well, bro. Like as far as like Africans, the ones that was imported or not Native Americans, Aboriginals, people that are in Jamaica, Haiti, Dominican Republic, really dark, you know, brown people uh belize honduras guatemala these are really all the same people venezuela brazil how americans come, and that's that's my point and how come we can't have this idea or why is it so hard for us to imagine this idea of this you know shared experience of blackness you know and and, and support each other well, in that way, instead of saying, "Oh no, he's well, African, or he's I'm Jamaican, a, or he's Brazilian, or Dominican, or whatever the fuck," well, I think that's that is where we might mess up with when it comes to the nationalism, because you know we like everything that they've done to separate us, we follow right into it, and we sep you know now we separate ourselves. You know what I'm saying? You know, like. More like that, that just like somewhat like the point you was expressing. Like, you get to South and Central America, you know, these people don't even call themselves Americans, they're you know, whatever the identity of that country that they come from, you know, whether it's Haiti, Puerto Rico, um, Dominican Republic, Venezuela, you know, whatever country that it is, that's what they identify with more than anything else. And, you know, because, I mean, that's one of the reasons why we're saying, like, uh, this whole pan-Africanism or even, because I say pan-Americanism, but, you know, if we were more on the, um, you know, up and up where we looked at each other as an asset to each other, we would have grown so much, like, a long time ago. But, you know, because of the 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 power structure a lot of times that's what they follow they they want to be where that money is right now instead of having a vision of where the money can be you know what i'm saying because you know i love i love jamaican food you know i i hate you know like you know if it comes down to it yeah i shoot i'll just instead of choosing to go to the vietnamese restaurant or the chinese or whatever i'll go to one of our people, you know, if we could combine ourselves that, that way, but and look how the, look know, how this look how the Western world, if you want to say, reacted to the Ukraine situation, and how they all just kind of came together, you know. And it's really, it's really, yeah. I, I'm sorry, y'all, but it's racist. It's like these European white folks, you know, what I mean, like, hey. Y'all can't be doing that to them or whatever. Whatever the situation is, this is how they're looking at it, right? Without the intricacies of it. Just from the outside looking in, simple as, simple mm -hmm. and plain. Oh, then white Europeans, bro. Come on, dog. Y'all can't do that to them. That's not cool. You know what I'm saying? And then they, they all band together. Look, but no, so, but look, why come 
the 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 black students, the African students that was law that still stuck in Ukraine, how come there's not like a response from like the diaspora, you know, to not only just the outrage, but also like exactly. making moves and, and, and create that's where we need an infrastructure. We need an infrastructure that can combine the sentiments, because I'm sure that those people who are in Jamaica or Haiti or, or or Venezuela or whatever, Guatemala, Honduras, Belize, I'm sure they're just as outraged and pissed off as I am that these African students are still stuck in Ukraine and not even their own country is coming to their aid. You know what I'm saying? So how come yeah. we can't create some kind of infrastructure where we can have a power, a voice, a might that can really make a difference and what? put pressure to, because we need to see ourselves in this common, you know, this common experience of blackness that we have had. Well, because, I mean, look, the, of course, you know, the corporate structure does have the, you know everything in place because like when i go into a truck stop to grab me you know my waters and snacks or whatever they ask me do i want to put my uh the rest of my change you know make it an even amount and send the rest of the change to ukraine and I'm like okay why why is there not some kind of effort to send some kind of relief to Palestine or to, um, you know, Yemen. Uh, some of these countries, I can't remember all the names of them, but it's like all kind, like at least about what six, about at least six different wars that's going on in different parts of Africa. Like, if that's the case, yeah. we could be doing something to help people that look like us. Because I mean, we really follow the blueprint of what, um, yeah, the, the, Yemen. You know, what, Eritrea, Egypt, uh, Eritrea, yeah, Eritrea, yeah, um, more and more names, yes, having major conflicts in Africa, similar to what's happening in Ukraine, yeah, and and then the coverage of that, and, and people watch that, and they're like, man, yeah, well, you know, that's not the one thing, I mean, there's more drama happening over there, too, but you know, that's just what they focus on. They're focusing on that over everything else. It's more important because these are white Europeans. They look like us. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad, really, when you think about it. But, yeah, um, I mean, we do need to figure out a way to, to structure more of an infrastructure for ourselves you know we shoot just you know as black americans we have enough money that's going through our hands more than like some of these full out countries have but you know the selfishness you know what i'm saying there's a there's a selfishness um that's in there that you know they don't really care about anybody else, but they will dig in their pockets for Ukraine or France or you know when it comes to one of those European countries because they got somebody making you feel sympathetic to that. But you got your own people. Like I mean, shoot, there's Africans here in America that's like 
they don't really care about what's going on over there either. And they, may, so, they might even have cousins in the middle of some of that stuff. They actual blood uh, relatives that, that that might be dealing with it, and they just totally like, oh well, screw them. I mean, look, I'm not there. Look, I'm here. I don't care about what everybody else is going through. Yeah, it's crazy. And you know, the title of the show is like, so, is it 2022 or is it 1922? You know, I feel like we're going backwards. Um, did you see the stuff about the abortion and all of that stuff? Like. Um, you can no, be raped. We're, we're, incest, we're at a all that still. It's not. No, nah, it's going back. Say that again. Um, they was you know incest, rape. They was like well, that shit was. Well, uh, I guess if if you, I guess if you're not moving for, if you're not moving forward, I guess you are moving backwards. So yeah. Let me see. Yeah. Since I brought it up, let me see if I can find that. I don't remember when I was watching it or where I even saw that, bro. Like my brain is fried. Let me, let me. I'll come back to that. Did you do? Did I play this video? The one about Amer hey everybody. Uh, uh, I'm America needs to admit how racist it is. It was. Uh, yeah, I think I think John we touched on that a little. Well, I don't. I know I watched this. Did, um, but did I play I it for the show? That's that's why my brain is so fried, bro. I've seen so many videos and I do so many shows now. It's hard for me to keep up. I need to do a better job with that. I don't know what I've played and what I haven't played, especially this week, because I watched so many videos this week. I did so much uh other read read so many articles and shit this week that I don't know what I played and what I what I've what I I know what I've seen, but I don't know what I've played for y'all. Do damn that yeah. fucking sucks. I hate to be repeating shit. But you say you remember this video, right? Well, I know I watched this. I'm so uh, excited. Because he's got his friend on there. Um, and I've seen his face before. I can't remember his name. But he... Um, yeah, I don't know who he was either. Because I don't recognize know, his face of... too. But I didn't really know. I don't really know him. It says uh, Brian Stevenson. But I recognized his face too. But I don't know from where. I think I think he might have done some news before, like uh, some kind of broadcast news, some kind of major news show back in the day. Yeah, yeah. I can see it. Um, yeah, I, I, I hope I haven't played his, this. His face is very familiar. But let me play a bit of this because America does need to admit how racist it is. <laughs> Let's talk about another podcast this week because my friend Brian Stevenson is going to be joining us. Brian, how are you? How nice to see you again. How are you? I'm well. It's great to see you too. I also, I probably should, I have a room very similar to the one you're in with a lot of books that I. And beaten, and yet they still went. And you right. think about that, or I've been thinking about that just because I've been. Uh, here every day for the last couple of years. And it's made me even more energized and committed to try to do the work, you know, we're trying to do. It's amazing work that, that you're doing. Is that what inspired you to get into it in the first place? You know, when, when you talk about the kind of legends of uh, Alabama and Montgomery and uh, Selma and all throughout the South and the North, I mean, yeah. and the abolitionists, what was it about them that so inspired you? Was it that sense of the dignity of, of nonviolence in the face of violence, what what got you in the first place? 
Yeah, I definitely think it was their sense of mission and purpose that they they did things that they didn't have to do for themselves, but they felt obligated to do everything. Right. And uh, that that really did motivate me to see both civil rights activism, but in particular the law and right. the rule of law as a tool for advancing the rights of disfavored people, marginalized people, people who lived in spaces where they were unseen and unheard. And I've been even more inspired by it, um, you know, as we've gotten deeper into this work. I'm struck by, you know, you tell a story like that and you sort of expect, you know, we're going to trot in uh, the 98-year-old, old, you know, years ago. I mean, you're a young man. The fact that this was occurring in the United States, even within your lifetime, and that the law was a necessary lever by which you had to force people to allow that, is I think it's shocking to people. I, I, it is shocking. And I think that's one of the mistakes we, I think, make today is we... Um, we don't understand how we are in the very early days of a post-apartheid era in this country. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, African people came here f over 400 years ago, and throughout most of that history, uh, they were enslaved, they were terrorized by lynching, they were legally uh, segregated and barred. We're in the very early days of this post-apartheid era I'm not 100 years old, but when I was born, uh, many states in this country banned uh, interracial marriage. Uh, and you could not go to public schools. You could not go to the, uh, uh, to the movies uh, in, an, in interracial settings. Uh, and we're just beginning to reckon with that history. And the critical thing, of course, was the laws changed mm -hmm. in the 1960s, but the thinking uh, has still not changed in a lot of spaces. And so we're still wrestling with all of these dominant attitudes and ideas that right. have dominated American history. So you're right. We're in a very early phase of this period of time when it was legal to exclude people based on color and race. Brian, you're dangerously treading on critical race theory. And I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to, to leave the room right now. I'm, <laughs> we're going to have to shut this down right away. Uh, <laughs> Th th this brings up an interesting point, Brian, because this is, you know, we just taped an episode uh, for the show on race. The idea being, you know, after George Floyd, there was this idea of, oh, we're going to have to have a racial reckoning as though that was, you know, a shock to the system for Americans. Of like, hey, are we not, do we have a racial issue in this country? <laughs> you know, it would just appear to everybody and white people very we? clearly be like, we're going to, I think we're going to sit back and listen. It's time. And so we just ran sort of, uh, uh, African-Americans saying pretty much the same thing from 2020 all the way back to Frederick Douglass. I mean, basically, the message is remarkably consistent over time. And it's it, it's not a question of, of it not being said or people not listening. There are structural and emotional things in place that are preventing the dominant culture in America from accepting either responsibility. I don't know if it's resentment based on an accusation that seems attacking your morality. I don't know if it's resource guarding. The faces of the white people that Ruby Bridges faced when she went to school and the faces of, you know, uh, the Little Rock 
kids when they went to school and the faces of Boston busing and the faces of Upper West Side sophisticated liberals when their school is being integrated, man, it's the same face and it's the same anger and it hasn't changed. Where do you see, how do you begin to not just legislate, but make real progress beyond that? Yeah, I, I think it's an important insight, John. And um, I mean, I think you've characterized it really um, effectively. We have never really contended with the narrative of racial difference that we have all inherited. If you live in this country, you live in a space where the air has been polluted by, contaminated by these narratives that have been shaped over centuries. And it doesn't matter whether you live in Boston or uh, Alabama or Los Angeles, no matter where you go, you're in a space where there are these narratives that uh, undermine our ability to look at each other in a healthy and whole way. And some people have argued that at some point they'll dissipate, but I don't believe that. These are the kinds of contaminates mm -hmm. that you have to address. And I think we're in this place because we haven't talked about things we need to talk about. We've, we've had this evolution of history, but we actually haven't had a conversation about this narrative of racial difference, this narrative of racial hierarchy that we were given. We've never really talked in this country about the fact that we're a post-genocide society. I think what happened to indigenous people when Europeans came to this continent was a genocide because millions, tens of millions were killed through famine and war and disease. And rather than talk about it through the language of genocide, uh, we created a narrative of racial difference to justify all of that death and violence. We said those native people, they're savages. Mm -hmm. And we use that narrative of racial difference to exclude them from the liberty and justice that we were codifying in our constitution and declaration. Then we use that same narrative of racial difference to justify two and a half centuries of slavery. And the great evil of slavery for me wasn't the involuntary servitude and the forced labor. The real evil of slavery was the narrative of racial difference that we created to justify enslavement because mm -hmm. enslavers wanted to feel moral and just and Christian so they created this narrative that black people aren't as good as white people. Mm -hmm. uh, black people aren't fully evolved. Black people are less capable, less worthy, less deserving. And that narrative of racial difference, that was the true evil of American enslavement. And we fought the Civil War and the North won the Civil War, but the South won the narrative war because that idea of racial difference, of racial hierarchy, of white mm -hmm. supremacy, it persisted after the Civil War, which is why I've argued that slavery doesn't end it just evolves. It turns into a century right. of mob violence and because lynching. The, the pathology within it has never dissipated. Brian, th 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 this gets to a great point. I, it, it, maybe this could be instructive. I can walk you through some of the pushback that occurs when that's brought up. And this is something that happened in, on the show we did. And I, and I want to get your opinion on the various levels of push. I call them the butt people. People that watched uh, what happened to George Floyd and said, oh, th that was terrible. But, and it was either that's not all uh, law enforcement or uh, he was uh, a particularly, uh, you know, uh, vagrant and drug addicted fella and all, all the butts that occur from, and I'm not talking about the extremes of the country, the Tiki Torch uh, marching Charlottesville, Jews will not replace us folks. That's not really why we can't get racial progress. Racial progress strikes me as the majority of white people that consider themselves 
moral. Have, slavery is not on their hands, certainly. So I want to address the things that come up. So first and foremost is always, we, we don't have slavery. We don't have segregation. So we've knocked down those barriers. So why are we still talking about it? It's, it's a meritocracy. Yeah, and I think it's important to kind of frame things in ways that people can understand. Uh, it, it, but uh, the right. truth is we, we still do have a very segregated society in this country. Mm -hmm. We never did address the legacy of 100 years of disenfranchising Black people from the end of the Civil War until the 1960s, even though we have a constitution that guarantees the right to vote to every American citizen, even though it was illegal and unconstitutional, we allowed Black people to be largely disenfranchised for a century. We allowed Black people to be pulled out of their homes and beaten and drowned and lynched. And you didn't have to participate in the mob to be responsible for that kind of mob violence because everyone in America was comfortable and abandoned the rule of law while thousands of black people were being lynched and terrorized and the demographic geography of this country was shifting right the six million black people that fled the american south that went to right. cleveland and detroit and los angeles and chicago went to these communities as uh, not as immigrants looking for new economic opportunities but as refugees and exiles from terrorism and we were comfortable with all of that and then when we passed the laws in the 1960s we said we're done and so the reason why we are still dealing with it is because we haven't reckoned with the damage. And this is, right. a, this is a thing that's so perplexing. American society is a society that believes if you hurt someone, if you damage something, you owe them a repair. Mm -hmm. You can't damage my car on the interstate and then just drive. It's a tort. Right, it's, it's, a tort. it's driven. That's our entire legal system. Entire. Is, if you go to, it's based it, on harm. It's based on harm. Law school is dominated yes. by courses on remedies and repair, yes. et cetera. But in the context of civil rights and racial justice, mm -hmm. we have never talked about repair. We just said to those states that disenfranchised Black people for a century, don't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't need to be a criminal defense lawyer if our notion uh, after you commit a crime, burgle someone, rob someone, is that you go someplace and they say, don't do that anymore. We won't accept that. <laughs> it's illegal this, now, so you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> and that's the hard, I think that is the reason why. So you there, Pat? Yeah. Uh, um, um, I think he was making an argument for reparations there um without saying the word reparations well even because i mean one of the things is that reparations is uh so many things because i mean most people look at reparations as you know getting some money um or even land which you know yeah those are that's part of it we do want tangibles but at the same time, you got to think of, you know, putting a Band-Aid on a bullet wound. I mean, if you're not going to stop killing, you know, if you have a police force that can, you know, choose, hey, I'm going to kill this person today because I know I'm going to get away with it. You're not really fixing a problem. Yeah. So there's a lot of different areas where this has to be addressed because, you know, without the money, without the land, without, you know, actually, you know, set asides, 
there has to be a change, an actual change in the law and show where people who are breaking those laws, those people get reprimanded. Those people get punished for, you know, injuring another human being. You know what I'm saying? That's where I think, you know, a lot of that has to really happen because, I mean, you know, to me, like, the, you can run through some money. You know, I never really, you know, gave so much care about, you know, the money because I get it. And I, you know, if I, if I, when I run out of it, I know I can go get some more. But one thing that is, you know, really hard to find, or, or you know, a resource that's hard to get is justice. So yep. that's... Uh, that's 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 kind of my thoughts on that. So yeah, or I think even this even the feelings. I think I think I think we have to talk about trauma too. You know, we got to talk about trauma. You know, and anxiety, right? Because even just like you know, being the guy that I am, square guy with nothing on me and no illegals, no priors. Every time the cops are behind me, I'm nervous. Every time I see cops, I'm nervous. You know what I'm saying? They're not even looking at me, you know what I'm saying? But I'm not heart rate than Rose, you know? I'm scared. You know what I'm saying? That's a trauma. I'm scared. I'm, I'm scared, scared, bro. And that's, I mean, it's funny, but it's not because it's, it's like you're going through this all the time. It's a constant trauma. You know what I'm saying? You're always worried about that. And then it's kind of like another part. Let me, let me talk about another part of that. You know, I, I try to be, I'm an academic and I try to break into the professional world, <clears throat> but, um, and I've applied to lots of jobs, but my name is Chaka, C-H-A-K-A, and that's all my applications. I've been thinking about, and I did draw up some applications. My middle name is Ben, and I was just trying to see if it was going to be make a difference. But what I'm trying to say is that, you know, besides that feeling that I get whenever I see a cop. I also have that pressure of whenever I'm trying to look for a job, you know, um, I'm a black is it guy. Is Ben and, or is it Benjamin? No, it's just Ben. It's not Benjamin, it's Ben. B-E-N. Okay, I look, you know, that, that would be a great social experiment, I, honestly. Like, I would, you know, it's not like you're lying, that is your name, you know, that's yeah. what you choose to use. You know what I'm saying? That would be a great social experiment to see, you know, shoot. Well, you've already put on a bunch of um, uh, applications in with Chaka, but just uh, say you put in 10 or 20 with, you know, one name and then, the, you know, of course, do the uh, the reverse with the others. I, I want to say I've already drawn up the resume uh, with the that most name. Responses. Because I really think that that my name has been having an issue on some of the, you know, and so like, I wonder about people like, you know, it's like a lot of people feel like the racism thing is not really real. It's like, okay, slavery is over or whatever. And you, but your name is Todd or your name, your name is Jason or whatever the hell it is. And, and so, but then your name is, you know, you know, <laughs> you know, and, and then um, you look at the Asian people, they do the same thing. Like they name their kid, you know. Tim or, you know, Charlie or whatever. They try to give him Todd or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And, and then, you know, you, you ask yourself, you have to ask yourself why that is, you know, and the power of that, you know what I'm saying? And like, you know, so like as far as reparations, 
You know what I'm saying? Um, and, 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 and addressing shit, like, how would you address that? So that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, I'm losing my point, but what I'm trying to say is that there's trauma involved in this that is to this present day. And it's as a result of this non-reckoning with this situation. You know what I'm saying? You know, pretending that yeah. it didn't happen. Well, well, I know that because uh, I mean, you, my mom told me directly that, that that was one of the reasons why I got the name that I got that she gave me was uh, so that I would be able to get a job uh, when I was older. But I think at the same time, I mean, your dad gave you your name, or your mom, or your dad. I would say probably more so your dad. It was so that you wouldn't rely on uh, them to employ you. So, I mean, it just really depends on your perspective, how you see it. But, uh, you know, I know I know it does make a big difference. Like, I mean, I'm going to tell you, I get interviews. You know, when I was when I was in the job market, man, I get an interview like, bam, bam. bam. Like, say, bro, I'm going to tell you, look, I've uh, I've never been able to collect unemployment because by the time all that process goes through, I'm working again. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm quick and easy. So I mean, if you you know, but that's the ability to at least get the interview because a lot of times people don't get the interview because yeah. of what their name is, or yeah. you know them looking at your name. You know, Tyrone uh, Williams. They gonna oh no. Mm -mm. <laughs> nah, don't yep. nah, don't don't want a Tyrone around here. Yeah. Pimp named Slip Slickback. Yeah. Pimp named Slickback. Uh, yeah, but nah, when you nah. but when you hear because I mean you, you hear Patrick because I mean you know Patrick Anders. You, shoot, that's I ain't sounds gonna, I like mean, an upstanding sounds, sounds like an upstanding fellow to me. Let's bring him in and talk huh? to him. He sounds like a sounds like an upstanding Let's, citizen. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, like I mean, and of course, my personality has uh, won a lot of battles for me. You know, I mean, when I'm in your presence, a lot of times it's, you know, but like you say, it's kind of hard. Problem, the problem is getting, getting, getting to get in in, in front of their face. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Making it, making it, making yeah. it that far. That's 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 a real trauma, bro. That's a real trauma, and then showing up to the interview and them looking at you and asking you questions. I fucking hate interviews so fucking much. I hate them so much. It's like a but yeah, so, but some but some they, but I mean, if you think about it, to an employer, especially you know a white employer or whatever, you know, not that they necessarily are racist, but sometimes they're like, wait a minute, hold on, I can't, I don't want nothing too pro black, like you know what I'm saying, I'm like telling I don't you, have bro. a problem with black people, or whatever. I but certain, but certain names is gonna be like, oh nah, and, uh, I, and I interview Malik poorly. Shabbat. So, so I'm, I'm probably gonna say the wrong thing too about something if they, cause, cause I try to be honest all the time. So if they ask a certain question, then I'm gonna answer it. <laughs> They're gonna be like, oh nah, we ain't. Be like Mal Malcolm X or MLK, Malcolm X. Oh no, nah, we can't go through my. Disney. <laughs> you need to go. You need to go through my train. Yeah, you need. You see, I, I need to. I need to train Ben. I need to train Ben for uh, some interviews. Yeah, I I I, I wouldn't mind sneaking in on a little old, I, I don't need, on a little I, I, I corporate job. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't mind sneaking in on a little old corporate <laughs> yeah, job. Look, I ain't gonna I, lie. I talk to Chaka. 
I would stack my money up. I know how to. Look, I know I how to manage my money now. For ben. Yeah. <laughs> but like I say, bro, if they had, they'd be like MLK or Malcolm X, I'm gonna be like Malcolm X, bro. <laughs> yeah, but like, but two, but but another thing X that I think, how is your credit? My credit, man, it's looking good. It's looking a lot better. They're sending me. They keep sending me. I, all my mail is credit card companies trying to give me credit cards. Like every single credit card company is sending me. A, like damn they're sending me the credit card in the mail like and i haven't like i have one credit card that i use and it's with my chase uh bank through through chase i don't know what the fuck the name of it is but it's a chase credit card or whatever i think it's a visa and but that's the only one i use but i've been getting fucking bombarded with credit card things um, so I think my credit yeah, has been going I've, up. I've, I've, I've been avoiding. I've been avoiding them. I probably will uh, start because I mean people it's are tempting. telling me that I should use their money it's, instead of mine. It's but, tempting um, as fuck. Like I'm thinking about like a two thousand dollar limit right off the bat. <laughs> you know how people do, and I already have like a credit card. So like I say, say go ahead and to two two thousand. So go ahead and just get the credit card, oh. pay pay off my whole credit card debt that I have on my other card, and then just pay the the minimum of uh, of the second credit card. Fuck no, no, <laughs> no, no, no. I ain't gonna lie. I've been thinking about it. I'm gonna tell you. I pay my credit card, but that's probably why they're sending it to me. Because I pay, I pay the money back because yeah. I feel like I'm paying money to myself. Because when I pay that credit card bill. That's I have access to that money, so it's kind of like I feel like I'm paying the money to myself because I can go back and use that the same money I just paid to the credit card company. Well, I can go ahead and spend that because my credit limit yeah. is gonna be there. So you know, that's just how I see it. Well, they're offering. I know that they're offering me like uh, twenty five thousand and you know, 15,000, you know, different ones offer different stuff. And like the the one I took was one, uh, the Capital One, They, I got one that's like $4,000. And, um, you know, what I do, I set up my bills on it. And I pay my, you know, I would have to pay my bills every month. So I use it. Just I makes use, sense. I, I that use makes a car. lot of sense. Yeah, I use the car and then just like I would pay off uh, you know, you pay it into the credit bills, card. I just put it back toward the credit card. So and it just I mean, keeps yeah. building credit. And I, I've been yeah. I've been doing that too. Same kind of thing with my the credit card, the one credit card that I have. So I'm not gonna fuck around. And they and, and I um and I they they keep raising my um they keep raising my um what do you call it uh credit limit. They keep raising my limit with the card that I have. So I don't see no reason. Yeah. yeah. Just keep doing what I'm doing with this card. You know? and, and then the thing about the one, because I actually applied for the one, Capital One, and I, you know, of course, I kind of lowballed them. I didn't tell them exactly how much I make, you know, I but I get, I think I put maybe half of what I make, so, and that's what got me the $4,000. So, mm -hmm. but, uh, but Chase, yeah, when I set up my business account, they was like trying to give me, you know, give me money right then and there, like, I don't know what I would have qualified for, but I think, um, you know, based on the fact that I got to keep a two thousand dollar minimum in um, in the savings, is like, uh, you know, already kind of much. But however, 
which I'm thinking about trying to find another bank to to deal with on. Um, yeah, because I know it's two thousand dollars. That's that savings. limit. Because they, because with Chase, with my bank, if you have more than two thousand dollars, it's pretty much no fees for your account. Like it's basically free. But if you you drop lower than that two thousand dollars in there, then you start having fees. Yeah, I mean it's a fifty dollar fee or whatever. Whatever but, I mean, it is. That's a so, yeah, but I mean I don't know if every time it goes under two thousand is that's fifty fifty dollars. Yeah, I don't think it you works know, like that. Like it has to do with overdraft the or something. Pro rate or something like because like you don't have no fee for the amount of time that you have that amount in your account. So it'll probably it will it wouldn't be no fifty dollars, but still but i'm just saying like i don't know i don't know what my point is on that with the with, with the banks but freaking um you know that would be cool you know that would be a cool reparations would be a bank that's free for black folks no fees and you know no like whatever no i, I honestly bro i think we should be uh as far as uh you know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's going too far, but I think we should be put on a um, uh, what what, you, what what do they do when, when the animals get to be kind of small, like an endangered list? And if you you know, if you harm, if you harm one of us, then that's new show. Go ahead, go ahead, Pat. My bad. No, I'm just saying, like, if they considered us like an endangered species. And um, anybody that harms us gets like the the maximum penalty. Yeah, something like that. That would be cool too. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, just that's some kind of way because I mean, because that's because what you said was heavy at the beginning. You said that like, okay, you could give them the money or whatever, but like, you know, how 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 are we gonna deal? You know, oh, you know. All the all the rest of the shit. So they they gotta find a way to reckon with it. You know what I mean? They gotta fix like as far as like the cops killing them or whatever. Like like the whole attitude, the culture, the whole culture needs to change. Like that's not no small thing. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a huge like movement. And then I think we're going in the other direction, and that's my point of naming the show today. Because I feel like we're going backwards, and the fascism is like taking over. Like, you know what I'm saying? The racism, the tribalism taking over. Well, um, I would, I would, I have to agree because, um, you know, I do, I do believe if you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards. I mean, yeah, some people might be at a standstill at times, but, you know, we're not really seeing the growth that we should. I mean, the fact that racism really still exists is just, it's insane. You know, I mean, but this is something that's perpetuated generation to generation. And we don't have enough people that saying like this, you know, look, this is, this is bullshit. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we allow the rich to continue to, you know, rob us of all our money and they, and they don't care what color we are when they do it, but they, they, they still have us pit against each other where you know we we getting angry with each other because we got you know oh then they got the job well yeah we all trying to get a damn job you mad at me because they hired they hired me and not you 
you know, who made the decision? You know what I'm saying? We both in the same boat. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think they're going to push this thing off for so long. They're going to keep kicking this can down the road that not only is all black people going to come together, but it's going to be all like, you know, people are going to come together around the world. And they're going to fucking. I think so. Say, bro. No, I, you know, when I saw it, because I don't know how, how widely it's going around like Mexico, but they're like, dude, like we fought together. The, you know, blacks and Mexicans fought together in the war uh, against the natives, the native people, you know, because regardless if you like, uh, you know, um, you know, what's his name that we just listened to um, before this one? Um, but, you know, he calls us native blacks. But, I mean, regardless, like the people that was here when they came, you know, because the Mexicans were darker people too. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's the they, same people, they and I'd be screaming this. I really, switched, I really hope that they, people, that, I wish they, they would stop. It's Jamaican, Haitian, Honduras, Belize, fucking Georgia. Florida, Texas, Louisiana, bro. Alabama, nigga, keep going down the list. These are Say, the same bro. fucking I'm, fucking people. God, America. Say, bro, <laughs> everybody that's close to uh, equator. Mexico. Whether you're yeah. here, in America, and um, Africa, it doesn't matter. You're you're darker people, and you know. Which to some extent it don't matter, but once the Portuguese Portuguese came, the Spanish came, and all that, and they infested, or you know, they I say infested, created this like, division. You know, they, it created this division. It created it, this. It wasn't different... just, well, I'm just saying, not just the division, because I mean, in Mexico, you have to look. There's a big thing in Mexico of the grandmother in the closet. If you look that up, you'll see like a lot of these Mexicans that pass for white right now or you know their ancestors just a just a few generations ago to maybe three generations ago at the latest uh and before were usually are, are black and that's why they you know they hide it a lot of them and, hide it and, because it's like and, a shame and, and, now and that's what I be trying to say about them lightening up. And that's what I was telling you before. And you were saying that you like you couldn't really understand that concept of the lightening up that happens and has happened and is happening around the world. Um, you know, because of the parents, the parents, right? The parents are mad at you if you, you know, you can't yeah. marry no black black guy. You can't marry no guy that's darker skinned than you. You know what I'm saying? We can't have no brown grandkids and in a lot of countries and a lot of cultures they have that particular attitude and that's how you lighten yourself up as generations go by you understand yeah. does that make sense yeah. it's super no, I, simple I, mean, I no i i get it and i i you know i've I, I mean i've actually seen it i'm not sure what you're saying because maybe i had a different argument at the time of you know because I mean, of course, to me, it doesn't make sense for people to do that because, I mean, whatever color you are, that's what you are. I mean, why? how can we be angry at what, 
God made you, you know, like whether, you know, it was a, you know, a rape by, you know, uh, you know, a slave master, or if you, your, your grandmother chose to be with somebody of light skin, like it don't matter. Like it really shouldn't and, matter. At and, all. And, and like I said, if you've been in the United States for more than a couple generations, you definitely all mixed up because everybody was fucking everybody over here. And then, like, you know, St. Patrick's Day just passed. St. Patrick's Day, right? And it's like the white folks. But um, the history of the St. You know, the, the, the Irish people, are, um, um, I think they were black. <laughs> Not that long ago. It, it was only a few generations ago, I think. <laughs> no, it's, bro, bro, bro. Look, I had, look, I, I spoke to somebody. No, you know what? I was talking to my cousin about this earlier because I was listening to this guy yesterday on um YouTube. He got his own little YouTube channel. I don't really want to say his name, but I don't, I, I didn't like how, like, because for one, his terminology, because he says these, Af look, he, he called them indigenous to Ireland, the Twa people. He called them indigenous to Ireland, and in the same sentence, he's saying calling them Africans. I'm like, dude, how insane can you be to say that somebody's indigenous to one land, but they're Africans? It's like, it doesn't work that way. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're indigenous to a land, that means that that's where you're from. That's where even like your ancestors and all come from. If they immigrated, that's one thing. They immigrated from Africa into Ireland. That's a different story. But if you're going to call them an indigenous to Ireland, okay, look, they were Irish. Regardless of what color they are, you don't have to go back and try to, you know, say that these people were Africans just to be able to tell people that they were dark-skinned. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's insane. You know, like, that's in the same conversation of calling, you know, uh, you know, black Americans, you know, African Americans, it's like, dude, you can't, you know, be from two different soils at the same side, at the same time. You can't be from Africa and America. You know, those are two different continents. That, you know, continents. You, it's just insane to even put those two together that way, but people do it. You know what I'm saying? It's just. It bothers me, but that whole idea of people, the St. Patrick's Day and people celebrating, like, you know, you have to kind of really forgive most of the world because they don't even know what they're celebrating. Very few people probably really know what that, uh, what, what really calls St. Patrick's Day. Well, damn, perfect segue, bro, because Doc just sent me an answer to what you just said, so... Let's find out a little bit about. <laughs> it says, did St. Patrick wipe out an African pygmy tribe, the first inhabitants of Ireland? This is hmm. an article. By, did he? It's, it's Snopes. But, 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 but this is hey, something that the, I, the, the, the Vatican gave him sainthood over. Killing off yes. a bunch of killing off a bunch of Melanated people. Well, well. Disclaimer: the, the the site is Snopes, and people don't say good things about Snopes. But let's see. It says 
A long-standing theory of ancient Irish history describes the genocide of the Twa Pygmies, a purportedly the original source of the leprechaun myth. It says, oh, is that it? St. Patrick led the genocide of a contingent of Twa Pygmies from Central Africa who were the original inhabitants of Ireland. That's it. Oh, wait, is there some more? In the summer of 2019, we received renewed inquiries from readers about an unusual interpretation of the legacy of St. Patrick, one that claimed the patron saint of Ireland was responsible for the genocide of an African tribe who were reportedly the original inhabitants of that island. They keep saying just like just like what you're saying, like it keeps on twisting my brain too at the same time because it says, it says, an African tribe who were purportedly the original inhabitants of that island. Okay, so it's an African tribe who were the original inhabitants of the island. So can like, can, can, that, that's still kind of like what you're saying. Like, that's like, wait a minute. Are they African or are they, are, <laughs> you get what I'm saying? How yeah, long have are, they are, been are there? They how, are, are they how, really original? Are they really have, original to Ireland or are they from Africa uh, at some point? Yeah, how long have they been away from Africa? How long could they, you know, which, you know, <laughs> are they immigrants? How long have they been there if they're the original inhabitants? <laughs> that's confusion. Let me read some more. But that's exactly what you're saying. That's, wait, can y'all hear me? It, my mic did something weird. Yeah, you can hear me? Oh, yeah, I can okay. hear you. But, but yeah, bro, it's totally insane, man. Like, <laughs> how, how can either the Africans or the Irish? Like, just tell me. Like, you know, even though I know the history, but because of what they're saying, it's just like, look, you know what? Let's pump the brakes for a minute. What are you? What are you actually saying? Because, you know, honestly, when it comes, because Africa, Africa is not the original name of that continent anyway. I think that that was one way to be able to give people a name, and that's another way of calling those calling them slaves. You know, like on taking ownership when you give somebody another name, because that name came from someone else, and I don't think it was Africanus. Uh, but however, uh, I think it was actually a female that uh africa africa got its name from our actual female but either way you can't keep giving double negatives uh or you know saying that this you know these are the original irish and also saying that they're african you yeah that's confusion let me read some more it says the theory has given rise to many memes and social media posts that in recent years have been shared widely, especially around March 17th, the feast day of St. Patrick. The memes are often accompanied by images that appear to show white men posing with African pygmies. A typical version of the meme claims the Twa Pygmies of Ireland, excuse me, the original inhabitants, the source of the leprechaun legend, when you celebrate St. Patrick's Day, the celebration of their genocide. And it says that, oh shit. The theory is not backed by any historical evidence and, and as a set of factual claims, it can be dismissed. One prominent historian told Snopes it was simply complete nonsense. The origins of the Twa theory of the Irish prehistoric are not entirely clear. However, it appears to be informed by what is sometimes referred to as 
Afrocentrism, an approach to historical study that emphasizes the role and achievement of African people in the evolution of Western civilization. The theory also seems to be influenced by euhemerism. See, whenever people start using words like that, like, bro, I read a lot. I don't. What, what is I, it? It's, what is it it's, called? It's E U H E M E R I S M. Euhemerism. Like, that, I don't think I've ever heard that word before, you guys. <laughs> and I read a lot. Okay, it says, an unusual stand of pseudo-history. Euro-heroism? No, it's, it's euhemerism. That's got to be the it's, way to uh, are, are, are you reading that from the screen? Yeah, I'm reading from the screen. It's on the screen right now. Are you reading it from the screen? Yes. Yes, I'm, I'm reading from the uh, screen. Uh, Look, I'm highlighting it right now. Can you see it? Uh, it's probably small. I don't think I can make it any better. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to spend a bunch of time on it. I'm just. It's 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 a it's a retarded word, bro. Like I'm fucking read a lot, so there's no point in you know spending a lot of time. Like I say, I read a lot, and and I have never seen this word. So whenever I like I say, I, whenever I start seeing words like that, that I'm 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 already be like, okay, come on, man. You. Is it? You humorism. Let me let me read to you. I've never seen this before. An unusual strand of pseudo history that was particularly popular in the 19th century. It says the Twa or Batwa are people indigenous to the Great Lakes region of Central Africa. They are sometimes referred to as Twa pygmies, an anthropological term denoting their relatively short stature. Hmm, that's a little bit off there, I can say. Although some exact details are lacking about the life of St. Patrick, it is generally accepted among historians that he lived in the 5th century AD, grew up in Roman occupied Britain, probably in Wales or west coast of England, was kidnapped as a boy and taken to the island of Ireland as a slave for six years, then returned to Britain. He trained as a Christian cleric and went back to Ireland as a missionary. Wow, this kind of sounds like the Jesus story. <laughs> yeah, stop it. Stop it. Please stop it. <laughs> Let me keep on reading. Uh, one of the legends attached to Patrick is the centuries followed his death was that he banished the snakes from Ireland. This is not based in fact. No fossil records have shown that snakes were ever indigenous to the island of Ireland. And the myth was likely a metaphor for the Christianization and decline in paganism for which Patrick and other early Irish saints are credited. Now that makes sense. There, there goes some sense making right there. The earliest archaeological evidence of human inhabitation, human habitation on the island of Ireland dates between 10,000 to 640 BC, blah, blah, blah. No evidence exists to show that Twa Pygmies settled the island at any point in history beyond which it makes little sense to imagine that a traditional hunter-forager people that emerged from a landlocked Central Africa would have had the geographical awareness or technical knowledge to construct sail ships thousands of miles northwest. There's There goes some bias right there. Let me highlight this right, Kai. <laughs> okay, bro. You know, like I said, I read a lot. So this phrase right here, it says, beyond which it makes little sense to imagine that a traditional hunter-forager people that emerged from a landlocked Central Africa 
would have had the geographical awareness or technical knowledge to construct and sell ships thousands of miles northwest. Okay, let me um uh let me paraphrase and translate that for you. Ain't no way in hell them niggas could have did that shit. <laughs> Ain't no way in hell them primitive ass stupid ass niggas could have did that shit. <laughs> but, but see, but that's see that's the thing. Like it is very much possible because I mean for thousands of years. Americans and Africans were were sailing back and forth from you know from America to Africa. You know, what I mean, like it's been happening for thousands of years, if not longer. So, I mean, you know, I'm not gonna say like I you can't say that that's just impossible. It's just that you know you look down on a group of people so much to where you know you you know you think that you're actually smarter than them where they probably way smarter than you but at the same time a lot of this what you're hearing are you know people that actually you know are wanting to protect europe so so badly that they don't want to even give the idea that you know black people were the owners or the the I don't owner is a bad word, uh, or not a good word, but you know they were the the people who lived in the, those regions. I mean, like some people really got to get past themselves because I mean the whole reason like all those castles and like the reason why Europe is as big as it was. I mean, Africans fought over Spain and. France and all these other places because those are places that they inhabited at one point. Of course, it got too cold for them and they might have went south or they went across. Like, people weren't just stuck for, to one place. Just like we move around now, you know, they've always done this. It's not like it's... I was reading something about people moving into castles too because that's really interesting the idea of, you know, the castle already being there and shit. So I, I read some shit about that. Let me read the comments. Doc says, okay, we have to remember the legends of the dark elves and dwarves that are based in Irish legend. Yes, and that was based in racism, and they was really talking and about niggas. Leprechaun, leprechauns. They was all talking about niggas. They all, that, those were all derogatory like terms for black people. Uh, let's read this. Uh, this is the next comment. Uh, a common Druidic symbol from the Vikings is the Ouroboros, or Ouroboros, a snake eating its own tail. Midgard serpent could be the snakes he banished. Oh man, that's kind of no. deep. And then you know, Say, you know, when you go into if 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 you study any kind of Masonic, uh, you know, if you because that's the, that's the thing, like symbolism. The, the snake eating its tail is a is a very popular symbol that's been used around the world by, uh, uh, and 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 so, but it has a lot of meaning, and 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 um, so, but then yeah, so but then what you're saying could be true though, because talking about the saints, that's talking about Catholicism moving mm -hmm. paganism out. That's what it is, and we talked about state mm -hmm. religion before, and that's what that is. Yes, I think that's you touched on something right there, Doc. Yeah, no, I mean, because I mean, and you got to think about it, the snake eating his tail 
usually turns into a circle. A lot of times that means like when you go into a full circle, that's 360 degrees of knowledge. So that's that's letting you know that, you know, whoever these certain people were, it was just the high, the people with the highest knowledge. So you really they, have to, you know. They knew some shit. If they yeah. used that symbol, yeah. I mean, even when you see, like, for the doctors, when you see the snakes yeah, going going back and forth, going back and forth, uh, um, around the staff, that's really when you looking at um, either mm -hmm. DNA, you know, the form of DNA, or even the spine, you and, know. And the, but, and, and the snake represented knowledge in the in the Bible too, because it was like they bit from the tree. And the, 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 the serpent was telling them stuff and told them that they uh, was naked and all this stuff. And like yeah. like the way religion makes you look at it is like that's a bad thing or whatever. But basically it's telling you that that's knowledge. And I mean, it's really simple. You know what I'm saying? Straight up knowledge. Like yeah. information. You know? Let me read another comment. He says, you, you humorism, I go that word again interpretations of myths as traditional accents of historical persons and events like that's 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 <laughs> you know sorry. I, I, even I, even the definition is like that's <laughs> like word salad interpretations of myths as traditional accounts of historical persons and events i get what it says i get what it's saying interpretation of myths as traditional accounts of historical persons and events, so it's like it's like making something that's like not but, true, but trying to say that it actually happened type shit. But there, there are some ugh, uh, historians. Scratch that, that word will, right out the dictionary. Garbage. Throw it in the trash. Yeah, but no, but no. Listen, there are some historians that will tell you that the myths that we grown to learn and you know here over the, over the years or the centuries or whatever are more accurate than the history that we read in books today and i for whatever reason i believe that some that, of the, uh, some of the stories as far as the oral stories some of them are better because <clears throat> you know whenever you got the written stories you got editors like we were saying earlier and people uh, make changes in in translations and shit but the oral ones be the best because they be told the same way that they was told by their grandfather, by their grandfather, by their grandfather. And they're really, really strict about um, not changing even like a syllable. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> a lot of um, tribes out there do this. It's a very common practice. And that's what I'd be talking about because the Europeans, the ones that were colonizing, they were like, oh, they don't have no written language. But see, that's how they didn't they didn't write down a history like that. They had these oral as fucking like history that they told and it was really strict. It was it's really kind of spiritual, too. It's like, you know, your grandfather told you, you know, and then his grandfather told him and it, it was exactly the same. And you're supposed to tell your grandson that shit and it's you're not supposed to change it at all. So, yeah, some of those are more accurate, I think. Um, Doc yeah. says, we are in my area of history. Now, the whole idea of using the Trinity was to make Christianity appeal, be easier to accept for poly, polytheistic believer pagans. Exactly. Um, I, um, what was, I hate what words was the original made up. Trinity? 
to be on SATs. I feel you, Doc. Doc, Doc, Doc we <sighs> we we all know what uh they made the Trinity into. Does does he know what the uh, original Trinity was? It's it's man, woman, child. That's the way I see it. Life forever. Yeah, right. I, see I no, I I figured you might know, but I was saying, oh, uh, my bad. I, my I bad. was I asking, I, yeah, I was asking Doc, but yeah, <laughs> my bad. Um, I, I spoiled it. No, it's all good. Um, <laughs> but either either way, yeah. I mean, the the whole idea was to strip the world of matriarchy, where matriarchy gave balance to the world like that's all it really was because you know we reverenced our women much higher than you know they did they wanted to do everything opposite of what we were doing and that's really the where that mess up was you know what i'm saying but well, doc let's educate the audience more over here so talking about let's talk about this a bit more on the, that this time isn't this around the same time of the um uh, what was it? The um, when they had those meetings, uh, I keep wanting to say Versailles meetings in Versailles, something like that. Like, um, uh, what's his name? Constantine, right? And um, so you know what we're talking about is uh, the saints coming in, and they all have these stories. And even in Mexico, they have these stories of the saints coming in and driving out the snakes and stuff like that. And then it's like religion, like we were saying before, it's like for little kids. It's like drive out the knowledge and put them back in a box. You know, drive out the snakes, bring in the saints. You know, yeah. And, and, what, and don't worry, worry, don't worry about nothing. Jesus or Saint Mary or Saint Joseph or one of them gonna take care of things for you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. What What was the one um, that where um, the dude the the played the 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 flute and I think at one point it was like they uh, took the flutes, played music, and ran the snakes out of uh, out of town, and then right uh, the the Pied Piper. Uh, and that's the same story. That's the same story they were talking about. I think. I think that's the same story. Okay, uh, yeah, that's Ireland. what I'm saying. That's, yeah, yeah. So, so running the snakes out of town meant what? Well, just Symbolic. what they said. Symbolically, Symbolic. drive the knowledge out of town. <laughs> Bring in the saints. Exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, Elliot we, said, we prefer we prefer murderers and killers here in this town. Yeah, yeah, get yeah. The, no, get, get get that old, you know. Y'all got circular circular snakes on your. Y'all you, got a snake that eats his own tail on your flag. Like, nah, we're not feeling that. That's blasphemy. <laughs> the dragon. I mean, but look. I mean, a lot of the the, the a lot of the countries. Uh, it, you know, I guess continents. I mean, you really look at Asia. Like, you got to think. What's the reason for them to use that that dragon with no legs and no tail? Like, it was a higher knowledge. A higher knowledge that they're. You know, I guess celebrating, and. Shoot, they're still on the old calendar. I mean, we should be. Let me read the comments. Elliot say Isis, Osiris, and Child. I believe he's talking about the Holy Trinity, but that's still the same thing. Elliot, Father, Son, Child. It's just I, I, Iris, Osiris represents Father, Mother. That's that's all. Just giving him a name. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
The um, Doc says Pied Piper is a German fairy tale. So there goes Doc fact checking me again. Thank you. Because I was thinking about Europe because they said like driving, but it's still the same story. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is it different? Wait a minute. This one is was the was 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 rats. Was it was it was it the rats? That 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 think, the, the I, I Piper. Think, I, yeah, I it was like infestation. Yeah, yeah, it was an epidemic of of I want to say clear that up, Doc. Clear that up for us. Pied Piper yeah. story. Because it's been so long since I heard it, and I, that's why I, I'm like trying to piece it together. My brain, you know, I I read a lot, so I and all just like when people be talking about like stuff, my brain will mix up a story from the Bible with a, <laughs> with, with a Stephen King novel. You know, I'm telling you, and, yeah. and the, sto the stories are blend together. <laughs> back and yeah, forth. Yeah, I ain't gonna say, bro. I look, I do that sometimes too because, like, I, I never can remember any verses or whatever. I I can bring up a reference of what you know something I've read, but like at this point, I think I've read so many different things like in a short period of time to where it gets jumbled all to, around. So don't feel well too to me. Bad. To me, they're all stories. So one story don't really have more value than the other. Oh, negate, yeah, other, yeah, doesn't really uh, negate or, or, it. Yeah, it, it, it's what you can get from it. You know what I'm saying? You know, maybe the, the value you give one story over another one is what you know how much impact it had on you or what you learned from it. Or you know what I'm saying? But so we're talking about me, we're talking about life. We're talking about something that repeats itself, and you know, it kind of just goes in cycles. So, I mean, sometimes you're really talking about the exact same thing, and you combine the story because of the relationship to the story. You you combine end up somewhat combining them, but it's mainly because it's it is the same story. It's just that they. And, and, yeah. and you got to wonder about people's inspiration because when I read fiction, I read, you know, like science fiction. So, you know, they had to have some inspiration from somewhere. And it's like, and a lot of times science fiction is really just trying to show a reflection of our society present day, even when it's all like futuristic or stuck in the past it or is. even stuck in, even when it's in like a fantasy world, it's still <laughs> trying to give a commentary, you know, a, a philosophical commentary of our world that we live into today. Look, I, I forget the name of the, that science, but there's an actual science that that is built around for, uh, you know, people who create like in movies and things like that, whether it's set in current time or the past, the future, whatever it is, they're going to always put the symbolism in there that really projects like you have to pay more attention than the, to the symbolism than you do you know just you know just just looking at the movie for t entertainment purposes because one thing they have to tell you the truth but they don't have to do it directly they can give it to you in a passive way uh, indirect way so right they they have to have your submission and that is very heavy bro and very deep and i don't think people understand that man it's like the, that shows where the power is too because that's one of their rules that's how they move i've read that shit a long ass time ago like that's one of their like that's a pillar rule like that I mean, they won't break 
we see it in the news every day. They they can't lie to us, but you know they have a way of telling us what's going on without telling us the full truth. Like there's a lot of context missing uh, in you know just our regular news or maybe even TV. But they will like in most cases if it's a TV show, a movie, or whatever. There is some symbolism there that's really to open your mind to what's really going on. If you study the symbols and uh, you understand what you know these things mean it'll it'll open you up to understanding the world way better than you ever have yeah so stop trying to be so superficial let me read it uh doc sent me the pot the pie piper of hamelin so the pie piper of hamelin also known as pan piper or rat catcher of hamelin is the title character of a legend from the town of Hamelin, Lower Saxony, Germany. The legend dates back to the Middle Ages. The earliest references describe the piper dressed in multicolored pied clothing, who was a rat catcher hired by the town to lure rats away with his magic pipe. When the citizens refuse to pay for his service, as promised, he retaliates by using his instrument's magic power on their children, leading them away as he had the rats. This version of the story spread as folklore and has appeared in writings of Johann Wolfgang von Goethe and the Brothers, Brothers Grimm and Roberts Browning, among other. And I've read some of those authors' names and I like some of their stuff because it's like dark and like, that, that like really crazy, like get high and read this shit type shit. There are many contradictory theories about the Pied Piper. Some suggest he was a symbol of hope to the people of Hamelin, which had been attacked by plague. He drove the rats from Hamelin, saving the people from the epidemic. <laughs> the earliest known record of this story originates from the town of Hamelin itself, depicted in stained glass window created for the Church of Hamelin, which dates to around 1300. Although the church was destroyed in 1660, several written accounts of the tale have survived. So, <laughs> so okay, that clears it up. It was rats, not snakes, and it was out of Germany. And and it and it's kind of like the same story, kind of right, right? Because and then it's like they said it was on the wall of the of the church so the church wanted you to remember this story so why did the church want you to remember this story what is the lesson that the church wanted you to get from this story multicolored pipe guy and then he took the kids away after he took the kids away after they after they and then you know you know what let me let me let me let me tell a story y'all about like the gnomes and the um the uh the fairies um there was a thing back in the day where, you know, people, they didn't have enough food or something like that, or um, like they didn't want the baby. They couldn't handle the baby, stuff like that. They would take this child and they would go and leave it out in the wilderness. And then they would make up these stories about it being, you know, uh, raised by fairies or take care of by fairies. They're with the fairies now and stuff like that. Like it's a really cold history that happened. And these are, this is in the same area, Eastern European area um, where they did this thing. And um, that's where these stories came from anyways. That just made me think about that. 
um, because they were talking about the children. So like they, he was supposed to get rid of the rats. He got rid of the rats and then they didn't pay him for getting rid of the rats. So then he took their children away. So then it's like telling a story like, okay, well the children got took away by this dude, this dude, this dude that was dressed, he was dressing, he was dressed in multicolored. He, yeah, yeah. And he had a, he had a pipe and he was singing it. He was playing on it, blowing the pipe. Yeah, yeah, and then the kids was just following us. We never saw the kids no more. Earlier, we was talking about the human trafficking, <laughs> sex work, and shit like that. Do y'all see any connections with any of that? Well, I don't know. The multicolors getting got me with the whole. <laughs> so, what do y'all think? Let me read the comments right quick. Uh, that's what why the phrase "question of your own free will" has has carried power for thousands of years. If you read the originals, Grimm's Aesop fairy tales, pretty dark and fucked up. Yeah, I've read some of it. The medieval version of Dingo took my baby. Yeah. But you know, but yeah. at the same time, I don't, I don't, Doc gets I don't, go. I, I don't ahead. think that, you know, because I mean, of course they think that, you know, because they, they took the kids, that it was actually a physical thing because just like right now, they're still in the minds of our children and trying to supplant different things in their minds that, you know, they're not following the ways of their their uh the parents anymore is more so following, you know, ideas of someone else. So you gotta kinda look at it in that kind of context because I mean the story is gonna say one thing, but you gotta just take it deeper because you know, the very same thing, like they are playing the role of Pan right now. Like they're trying to steal our children from us mentally, you know, steal the, you know, their childhoods away, you know, to get them, to, you know, so it's a lot of, lot of craziness. I don't want to go too deep into that, but. Um, and what you're saying is very serious, but I can't help but to think about the line. A dingo ate your baby. <laughs> what do you say? A dingo ate your baby. It, 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 uh, uh, the thern, the the thernburns, the thernburgs. What the hell? The name of them? It's a cartoon, bro. Please, somebody help me. The uh, uh, the thornburns, the thornburgs. Dingo ate my baby. Ate your baby. Uh, that was like uh, the Rugrats. Was it was it related to the Rugrats? Damn it! I can't think of it. The yeah, Thornburgs. Anyways, a dingo ate my big, ate your baby. Somebody out there help me, y'all. <laughs> it's funny as fuck. If I can get it, I'm sorry, y'all. It's not funny. I, I'm sorry for not being funny. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. Maybe it's a little, little, slight funny. <sighs> yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what it is that you're, uh, you're referring to. That's why I'm, I'm. Yeah, I can't even think of it right now. The um, I'ma just move on. Invisible people. That dude's page is really good. Okay, we keep on seeing interviews with this dude. This dude is rich and famous now, bro. I was talking to somebody about it. Zelensky, president of Ukraine. This nigga swimming in dough. I was watching some video about it. He don't even know what to do with all the money, bro. <laughs> He's swimming in swimming in cake, bro. Where did it come from? It's coming from all over the world. 
Is this before? Um... No, it's since it's since the it's since all of this because of the um, way the media has been portraying this whole crap for Ukraine. They've been getting money. It ain't just been like you know the the billions of dollars that the the you you know the United Nations or whoever wherever it came from the the U.S. I don't know where it. I think it was a combination of uh, countries, but that they've been getting other because people have been doing their own fundraisings and shit. Yeah, but you know the the the, the question that it raises for me is, you know, what direction? Because I mean, some of these people know exactly what's going on, and they're they're uh, funding or donating to the cause because they know exactly what's going on. What percentage of it is the are are those people, and what percentage are the ones that are just clueless and don't really understand what's happening and donating um, to these causes. <sighs> that's my. And, that's what and, I, and I wish I had the answer. It, it, it takes my breath away. It's kind of like the voting, how people vote against their own interests like time and time again. And just like we were saying earlier in the show, it's the same play. They run the oh, same we'll play. Yeah, they run the fear. same play and then you vote against your own interest. They run the same play, and then you vote against your own interest every time. Come on, y'all. How many times they gonna run that play <clears throat> before you realize that they running the same play? <laughs> yeah, because I mean, I'm I'm like this, okay? Because you know, there's some people that because uh, I mean, reparations just got to happen for for black people just so for that to you know be able to somewhat say okay there was some remedy for it but you know they're pretty much giving reparation packets to the entire world but they don't want to fix the problem that they created in their own backyard like most people here in america are not getting along now because of the actions that they took then you know what I'm saying? and of course like there were times when we were coming together Regardless of what your skin color is, like we were all Americans, we were coming together. But then, as soon as it gets to a, a certain point, it's just kind of like, oh no, I'll choose to hate them more. Like I, I don't, I don't like. I mean, of course, I don't know the mindset of a racist. You know, it's hard to get into the mind of them. Let me read this. It says Russia claims taking Maripol Center as Ukraine calls for fresh talks. And let me say what I said way earlier is that. You, Russia getting into this to put this to an end. Um, they've been fighting over there for like eight years, and I and I and I and, and like I said earlier, this is gonna this is not gonna drag out. This is uh, the United States is the only reason why and United Nations and shit. Their support is the Western support is the only reason why this is dragging on. This yeah. is not gonna continue. Putin got into this to put the to put this shit to the rest. And I really think that's what's going to happen. So it says Russia claims taking Maripol Center as Ukraine calls for fresh talk. So Maripol is a major city over there. Now, I'm not going to act like I know the fucking geography of Ukraine. But apparently it's an important city. Right? So let me read a little bit. It says Ukraine's leader. Wait, can y'all see this? I'm going to share with you. Okay, yeah, I'm sharing. It says Ukraine's leader 
Zelensky made a fresh appeal for talks with Moscow Saturday while Russia said its soldiers had entered the center of besieged port city Maripol. As bitter fighting between local forces and Russian troops rages across the country, more than three weeks into the invasion, the two sides are already holding negotiations re remotely. But so far, as in previous rounds, the talks have yielded little progress, with both sides blaming the other, and none have been at the presidential level. This is the time to meet, to talk, time for renewing territorial integrity and fairness of Ukraine, Zelensky said in a video posted to Facebook. Otherwise, Russia losses will be such that several generations will not recover. Well, this dude talks big donkey nuts talk. Uh, Russian of Russia offenses offensive remains largely stalled, as U.S. defense officials said, with troops about 30 kilometers, 20 miles east of the capital, Kyiv, and facing heavy resistance. Now, the thing is, that when they say um, offensive largely stalled, understand that um, Russia sent a very small number of troops. Like they did, they're not, they haven't committed a large amount of troops to this. So they, they're getting kind of bogged down with those uh, niggas that's, you know, how they do with the guerrillas and they get in, they, they, they wedge themselves into neighborhoods. So yeah, it's good. It takes a, it, you got to go, you have to go neighborhood to neighborhood. You have to go door to door to clear that shit. So yeah, that takes time. And the official added that Russian forces had more, had made no further progress into the Northern city of, Kharkiv, which had they have encircled, and that Ukrainians were also defending the northern city of Chernihiv. Britain's defense ministry said Russia was struggling to provide its forward troops with even basic essentials such as food and fuel because of Ukrainian attacks on their supply lines. I don't know that that's true. I saw photos of the long as fucking caravan the russian caravan and it's long as fuck and it's unbroken all the way into russia so i don't think that's true but russia's defense ministry said friday that the army and its separatist allies had made a breakthrough in maripol which has been under russian shelling for days and we're now inside the city in maripol units of donik's People's Republic, with the support of the Russian armed forces, are squeezing the encirclement and fighting against nationalists in the city center, the ministry said. The mayor of the city confirmed to the BBC that gun battles had reached the heart of Maripol. On Friday, rescuers were search still searching for hundreds of people trapped under the wreckage of bomb theater there. Let me read one more line. At the time of the attack, Maripol City Council said that over a thousand people were sheltered in the theater's basement when it was hit on Wednesday. Yep. Collateral damage. They're using the people as human shields. And that's what they do. That's what bad guys do. The Thurnberries, the wild Thurnberries. Thank you, Doc. I'm not just a weird nerd that nobody knows. You gotta go do. I think it's D-U-E-X. I'm pretty sure it's that. D-U-E-X. Um, King Chucky E-N-T D-U-E-X. That's the backup page. That's where we're streaming live to tonight. 
and I need you guys to go subscribe to there so you can get the uh, notifications that the live is come, you know, coming on. Because I don't know how, how long it's gonna be before I do any live streams on the main page.